It's the Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. Welcome back. I'm Roger Stone, and this is the Roger Stone Show at 77 WABC Radio. We are the crown jewel of AM radio. Take a minute to download the 77 WABC radio app, the Red Apple app, so you don't miss a single second of the amazing entertainment and talk commentary and analysis that we bring you every single day at 77 WABC. My guest today uh, is Darren Beatty. He is the senior editor at Revolver.News. If you're not familiar with Revolver.News, you need to be. This is some of the tightest, uh, most documented investigative reporting uh, available in the country today. Uh, also, some excellent opinion pieces there. Uh, this is, uh, I think, one of the most important alternative uh, news sources in the country. Uh, and uh, Revolver.News has really been uh, on the forefront of investigating and exposing exactly what happened on January 6th. Darren Beatty joins us uh, on The Roger Stone Show today. Great to be with you, Roger. Thank you. As you know, uh, Darren, the the uh, January 6th committee, uh, which was a committee comprised of Democrats who hate Donald Trump and two Republicans who hate Donald Trump, was an oddity in that the uh, recommendations uh, for the committee submitted by the then minority leader were rejected by the speaker, and she wanted essentially, you know, a hanging jury. Uh, and the January 6th committee proceedings were a one-sided affair, which uh, used uh, selectively edited, and in some cases, AI-enhanced audios and videos, uh, called certain witnesses, ignored the shocking potential testimony of other witnesses, uh, this was all before the election, of course, so designed to move political opinion. But I think most people now realize that this was kabuki theater. This is was not a legitimate investigation into what actually transpired uh, on the at the Capitol on January sixth. Uh, very contentious in the fight for the Republican leadership. Kevin McCarthy, who served very briefly as speaker, uh, vowed to release all of the government camera footage of what happened that day, did not do so. That became a contentious issue in a challenge to his leadership. House Republicans, uh, under the leadership, uh, in this case of Congressman Matt Gates of Florida, uh, removed McCarthy from the chair replaced him with Congressman Mike Johnson uh, of Louisiana, who renewed the pledge for full disclosure. So that's a good place to start. Darren, has he kept that pledge? Can the American people see all of the camera footage from government cameras of what transpired that day? Um, you know, there's there's a lot there. I want to start by briefly saying something about the January 6th committee, which you point out was a total sham, uh, it was a complete joke. And it's perfect, but it did have a purpose. The purpose, one, was to 
obscure and cover up the questions that would actually get to the core of what really happened on January 6th, namely the questions that we've been asking and pursuing at Revolver.News for years now. They studiously covered up those questions. So that was one. And then secondarily, um, the whole purpose was to basically tee up the indictment against Trump and moreover to amplify this deranged thesis that Trump is somehow culpable or somehow instigated an insurrection which never happened in the first place because it wasn't an insurrection. So not only did he not instigate whatever it was, it wasn't an insurrection, but that sham legal theory, which has provenance going all the way back to the lawfare corridors of um, Norm Eisen and a colleague of his called Joe Sellers, that sham legal theory, as we all can see now, is the pretext for removing Trump from ballots in some cases. Essentially, it's a key 2024 pillar because Trump looks to be the front runner, not only for the primary, which is already locked down, but even for the general election, it's clearer that to the Democrats that the only means that they have are extracurricular, um, extra democratic, as it were, um, to refuse Trump a second stay in in the White House, um, all in the name of democracy, of course. So those are really the stakes. And I think it's important to emphasize that because we're over three years away from January 6th. Some people might be saying, well, why are we still talking about it? Well, the Democrats haven't forgotten about it at all. Uh, Joe Biden gave a big speech on the third anniversary of January 6th, making it very clear that this is a major platform for the Democrats. And that's going to be important as we go forward and discuss our latest piece and the latest video that sort of um, catalyzed this piece. Now, I'd like to get into the video in some detail, but because you mentioned the speaker issue, um, my understanding is Speaker Johnson guaranteed the full 40,000 hours or such. He's released, I think, like 90 hours, and that was that first media wave of, you know, footage of the Capitol Police firebombing the the crowd, and we saw some footage of um, uh, January 6th protesters walking kind of peacefully through the Capitol, totally not the insurrection people were saying. And in some instances, we saw footage of Capitol Peace opening doors. This is all very interesting and important and generated a news cycle. But really, this stuff, although it reinforces important things that we knew, we already knew them. We had already had video of very similar things. There's been video in circulation of the Capitol Police opening the doors for years now. So this is for people who hadn't been paying attention. This is important to kind of reintroduce the truth about January 6th into the public consciousness and media cycle. But for those paying attention, it didn't really advance understanding. That's why I have to say that this specific just seven minute clip that's been the subject of one of the most viral political tweet threads in history that I did on this and a bombshell report that we published in revolver.news. I think this specific seven minute clip is probably the most important January 6th footage in existence because it will, it advances our understanding and takes us very close to definitively cracking open the entire resurrection. 
And the irony about this, um, and I've, I'm a big champion of, of Congressman Gates. I think he did heroic work in all of this. But the irony of this is actually that this particular piece of footage um, uh, was released by um, McCarthy under actually tremendous pressure um, from Congressman Thomas Massey. And I understand there are mixed reviews on this congressman, but I have to say for the pipe bomb issue specifically and for January 6th, issue specifically, Massey has been uh, heroically persistent, and he really pushed hard and used his leverage to get this specific piece of video out. So I have to commend him for that. And with that, I'm happy to get into why this video is so important. I'll pause in case you have any reaction. Yeah, let's come to the video uh, in a second, because uh, it is uh, shocking. Uh, and uh, I've seen your rundown of it, and I, I think our listeners want to hear about it. For those who don't know, there were pipe bombs placed at both the Republican and Democratic National Committee headquarters, uh, yet it has never been revealed to us by uh, the government who and why these pipe bombs were placed there, and we're going to get to that in just a minute. It's interesting to me that there is a, uh, a body within Congress, uh, the euphemism it's called BLAG, B-L-A-G. It speaks for the House on all external legal matters. It is comprised of five members, three members of the majority, two members uh, of the minority, uh, and specifically in the case of uh, the Colorado legal actions to bar Donald Trump from the ballot in that state, uh, this uh, majority of this committee filed an amicus brief uh, with the state of Colorado, uh, which basically certified the conclusions of the January 6th committee so that they could then be cited in the Secretary of State's decision uh, and the state Supreme Court's decision. Now, it would be very, very simple for Speaker Johnson to reconvene uh, the board of BLAG, where we now have three Republicans and two Democrats, and to decertify uh, the conclusions of the January 6th committee. Uh, and then it could not be used in any of these state proceedings where they're attempting to ban Donald Trump from the ballot based on this false claim that he was involved uh, in insurrection. So. Uh, I just want to raise that point because it raises questions to me about uh, Speaker Johnson, who I very much want to like, but I still have some reservations about it. All right, uh, Darren, tell us about this extraordinary uh, video, which you really provided the first comprehensive analysis of. Indeed. So as you mentioned, there were two pipe bombs associated with January 6th actually planted the evening before. There was one pipe bomb that was ultimately discovered in a back alley by the Capitol Hill Club, which has come to be called the RNC bomb. This one was planted around 8.30 p.m. the previous evening, evening of the 5th. There was a, another bomb um, that was planted right outside of Bench, outside of the DNC complex. And that was planted, according to surveillance footage in the FBI, at approximately 8 p.m. on the 5th. 
So the video in question depicts the discovery of the DNC pipe bomb at 1.05 p.m. on the 6th. What we see first is, and people should go to revolver.news, the piece is right up on the top, and you can watch the video and kind of watch along or listen to me and then go there after and reinforce your understanding. But basically in the video, we see an individual come into view, he's wearing a backpack, he approaches a garage, there are two SUVs parked outside the garage of the DNC building. The backpack guy, who we now know to be a plainclothes Capitol Police officer, walks up to the Metro PD SUV, talks to the driver's side, then goes to the black SUV, talks to them, they are both part of Kamala Harris's Secret Service detail. That's important to know, and I'll get to why shortly. The Metro PD car is also part of the detail, even though it's Metro PD. So this guy goes up and informs them of the pipe bomb within very close proximity, within feet. It's just in the benches that are just out of view of the camera angle at, at this point. Now, the first weird thing is, after being informed of the presence of a pipe bomb feet away, the Metro PD and Secret Service, the whole Secret Service detail, they take over a minute before even bothering to exit their vehicle, at which point they proceed to stand around in the most unconcerned and lackadaisical fashion imaginable. If People listening now, go to the site, go to revolver.news and look at this video. Just look at the video between, say, the 106 mark and the 108 mark and ask yourself, is this how you would imagine the Secret Service of the United States to behave upon being informed that there is an explosive device within feet of them and in very close proximity to their protectee, who is the VP-elect. It's stunning, but it gets even worse. In fact, the most egregious component of this video shows a group of children crossing the street in the direction of the pipe bomb, and then once crossed the street, walk within feet of the benches where the pipe bomb was placed. And the Secret Service are standing around there, they don't warn the children. They don't say, hey, there's a bomb here. Don't come here. Nothing. They're standing around as though it's nothing, and they allow the children to walk right by as though it's nothing. So there's a clear lack of concern not only for their own lives, not only for their own safety, not only for the safety of their protectee, Kamala Harris, but also this group of children that just walk by in the most cavalier way you could possibly think of. And so it's very clear, given all of these facts, they somehow knew that the bomb was not a danger. They knew it was a dud. They knew it wasn't a threat. They knew it was fake. But how would they know that? How would Kamala Harris's Secret Service detail know that the bomb posed no threat? And to make it even more interesting, so the, the, the last part of this video, there's a Capitol Police officer who walks right up to the bomb, snaps a photo, then gives a thumbs up signal to his colleagues, at which point 
they hustle for the first time in the entire seven minutes. They're not hustling to, to get the bond. They're not hustling to move people out of the way. The hustle begins once the Capitol Police officer snaps the photo, and then they all get the heck out of there. And then the video ends. Now, unfortunately, this is only this is an explosive seven minutes, but it's only seven minutes. And I really wish a more expanded version were available to the public because I have I've many people who have well, not many, but a handful of people who have seen a more extended version directly. And what happens after the video ends is also kind of interesting because what they do is they actually get a bomb safe robot to dismantle and defuse this bomb. So the same so the same, you know, bomb that was considered so benign for whatever reason that they're standing around it like nothing. They're not worried for Kamala Harris. They're not worried for the children who just walked by it. But then all of a sudden, once they snap their picture and, and leave the scene, the authorities who come in treat it like, oh, my God, it's, it's, it's going to be Armageddon. We need a bomb-safe robot. That is also bizarre, to say the least. I'll say something else that's bizarre and, frankly, kind of damning when you really think about it. It's so obvious and so obviously damning. We're talking about the Secret Service here. They were protecting Kamala Harris. This is at the DNC building on January 6th. Kamala Harris has studiously covered up the fact that she was present in the DNC building on the 6th. Studiously. In fact, she did that successfully for almost a year. It leaked almost a year after January 6th. She still hasn't publicly acknowledged it. Now think about how weird that is, Roger. You know very well Kamala Harris is pretty much the most opportunistic political creature on this planet. Why would she forego the opportunity to milk politically the fact that she came within a hair's width of losing her life to this ostensible MAGA domestic terror pipe bomb. For that matter, why would Joe Biden, in his third anniversary of January 6th speech, and the whole purpose of it was to amplify the severity of January 6th and how evil and dark and domestic terror-like it was, why would Joe Biden neglect to mention that his own vice president almost lost her life to these MAGA pipe bombs. Keep in mind, they've been trying to amplify this as domestic terror event. These pipe bombs are the closest thing you're going to have to something resembling a terror event. The government officially considers pipe bombs to be weapons of mass destruction. And Joe Biden doesn't mention in his hour-long speech, more than an hour, for this guy, just standing up for a minute is a big deal. If he's going to dedicate a whole hour to something, it's because it's really important. And yet he doesn't mention that his own vice president was immediately endangered by the, by the pipe bomb. I don't think this can be explained by senescence and cognitive decline alone, because Kamala Harris herself hasn't mentioned it, as I as I pointed out. So you know we got to think this is intuitive. You know this is intuitive motivation here, but. We have to ask ourselves, in light of this bizarre video with Kamala Harris's Secret Service clearly knowing somehow in advance the bomb was fake, how dark and how dirty and how embarrassing does the truth have to be for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to cover up the fact that Kamala was there 
when the pipe bomb was there. Because you would think this would be like the biggest January 6th talking point the Democrats would have. All right. And unfortunately, with that kind of luck, with that kind of luck, this pipe bomber should have bought a lottery ticket instead of planting the pipe bomb. All right. A great rundown. Unfortunately, we are out of time. I want to thank my guest, Darren Beatty, senior editor at Revolver.News. I want to urge you to go to Revolver.News and subscribe. You can actually see the videos that Darren has given us an extraordinary rundown on today. And I can assure you that neither Revolver.News nor Darren Beatty will rest until the American people know everything they need to know about the events of January 6th. Thank you for being with us, Darren. Thank you so much, Roger.